This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. The Opinions, the panel. Our panel today consists of one James Regan and another one and Sam Ackerman. And gentlemen, a very, very busy time, of course, with uh, everything going on in the world of sport and around it. James, uh, can I begin with you? Yesterday, Tom Latham wins the toss and the Black Caps have a great first day. That couldn't have been much better, could it? No, it was a pretty perfect day down in Hagley Park. Shame there wasn't a big crowd there to watch them get it done and, and the way they did it was yeah, beautiful conditions, and of course, Matt Henry just absolutely stealing the show on his home ground. So, yeah, pretty perfect day for the Black Cats. Hopefully, they can put in a good shift today and get it done. But yesterday was, yeah, just a joy to watch. Just one of those days you sit back and go, wow, this is a great team, great conditions, and, and a beautiful day's cricket. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting too, Sam, uh, 7 for 23 in front of the bloke that he emulated yesterday, Sir Richard Hadley, a Hadley-like uh, performance and going into that on that particular ground, Matt Henry had uh, played two tests and taken one for 227. What a turnaround! He is one of those players who is he's been waiting for opportunities and they come by, and it's very rare that he goes in with those opportunities and disappoints. We haven't been seeing him coming in the other side because he's been playing poorly. It's just he's come through in an era where the depth is so extraordinary uh, for a New Zealand um, pace bowling attack that he sits in the wings, he waits there, he does a lot of work for uh, the Black Caps, and he's there bowling in the nets, he's there as part of the squad, carrying the drinks, not getting picked, but when he gets his chance, it's pretty special. Uh, and, and what we saw yesterday was just um, phenomenal. I, I, the the Proteas may be at sea, but you know, the reason there is because um, Matt Henry cut their anchor and shoved them off. It was it was just beautiful to, um, to watch him get that chance. And cool to see uh, his teammates get as excited about it as they do. Now, I know they do for any bowler who takes wickets, but there seemed to be something special about um, Matt Henry, and he's not going to be remembered among the greats, but I think he should be remembered uh, when his career comes there as a guy who was always there when the Black Caps needed him. And he's been, yeah, I, I, I think in a different era, he plays, you know, 50, 60 test matches, easy. He does. Some people said he'd have uh, played for someone else in a different or in a different area, he'd have 200 test wickets by now, but... Does that mean, yep. under the AJS Patel theory, uh, Sam Ackerman, that he's guaranteed <laughs> to play in the next? Is he is he guaranteed when Trent Bolt comes back? That's the funny thing. Well, by the AJS Patel theory, they have to drop him, don't they? I mean, isn't that um, they can't they can't play him if he if he if he produces those kind of figures? Um, it's mm. I I. I, I 
I don't. It certainly means his place is not guaranteed. It, it, it certainly means that. Um, and Trent Bolt uh, has uh, earned his place in the New Zealand team on what he's achieved. That said, do we feel that it's uh, um, he's the right person for that? Gary Steed made it very clear uh, with the AJ's Patel example that it's horses for courses. So um, given that the, uh, the the horses are having the same course and <laughs> the same venue, yeah. it's been pretty hard to say, yeah. to say no. No, I think you're right. Um, but it's going to be very interesting uh, who's in, who's out. Uh, uh, but there's a lot of uh, cricket to be played before then. Uh, James, can we talk to you uh, about the, the uh, Camilla Villieva issue from a journalistic point of view? It's, it's been great copy, but it's been a nightmare and uh, I think almost a sense of relief uh, that she missed out yesterday and won't be on the podium. It, it probably saved a few blushes. Yeah, certainly saved a few headaches, that's for sure. It's just such a shame that that was even the case that some were maybe hoping that she missed out because of everything that's that's gone on before. It's just such a shame that it's kind of overshadowed both her and the event and a, a bit of the whole games as well because it's obviously just become some kind of political football and, and she's obviously very talented and, and clearly very young as well. So hopefully this doesn't have a huge impact on her going forward because she's clearly got a lot of talent she's got a lot to offer it's just a shame that she's got caught up in whatever has gone on in the build-up to the games and yeah it probably is a good thing that she didn't go that well yesterday and and missed out but just one of those head scratches you go how did it kind of get to this and and hopefully this is the, the kind of last we've heard of this sort of thing throughout this games because everything else has been pretty spectacular considering the circumstances around COVID and where the, where the event's being held in, in a pretty tricky kind of environment. So, yeah, from a, from a journalistic point of view, it's, it's good and it's a good discussion point, but hopefully from a fan's point of view, it's kind of the last we've heard about it as well. You know, Sam, what worries me is this. You know, a lot of focus has been on the likes of uh, Simone Biles. A lot of focus has been on Naomi Osaka. But what kind of pressure at the age of 15 is this girl feeling, uh, you know, outside of the actual skates itself? I mean, what is she going to have to endure going forward? I've never felt worse or felt more compassion towards a, an alleged uh, doper in my entire life. As a 15-year-old, we're not sitting here and saying, surely, that she is uh, the master of her uh, destiny and has made these decisions and uh, what a cheater and what a rorter. There's no way in the world that this, well, I, I, in my personal view, that this was a, a decision based on her. She was she was doing something on the sly or deliberately falling into anything other than what she is being um, pressured to do. You're absolutely right, Smithy. As far as what the, the pressure is on her, I hope she's getting the, uh, the right level of support um, that uh, um, some of her age should. Um, she'd be so susceptible to um, what's going on around her and I don't for a second not for a second think that fourth place finish had um, was was anything to was cutting out the the outside noise the pressure of what was going on in her world absolutely would have contributed to her result uh, and yes it's, it's while it might say might save a headache I mean it, it's a ridic- the IOC need a uh, need a bit of an uppercut uh, with this and certainly uh, those who have thrown her in this situation uh, deserve to have the full force um, throw at them afterwards. Look, put it this way, if she had shown up there without a mask, they wouldn't let her compete. She's tested positive uh, to a banned substance and she's allowed to compete until things are sorted. Work that one out. Yeah, and it's staggering. 
Uh, stay with us, guys. Please, James, uh, Sam, we've got plenty to talk about. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. James Regan and Sam Ackerman with us this morning on the panel. And, Sam, we had uh, Rob Nickel on the show late yesterday after the announcement that the Silver Lake deal is going to proceed with uh, the rubber stamping, of course, of the provincial unions and the New Zealand Maori board. Uh, um, he was pretty damned excited about it, I imagine you, he would be. Uh, what about Sam Ackerman? Uh, I'm, I, I'd put Silver Lake so far out of my sphere um, after all the uh, the toing throwings uh, and battles over the previous year that I, it, it kind of almost blindsided me when it came back um, into conversation. And look, I'm I'm comfortable with it because um, it's first of all it's I, I don't view the asset of uh, the All Blacks and uh, and and professional rugby with New Zealand as. The nations. It's a commodity and it's owned by New Zealand Rugby. Now, if they want to run it to the ground and with different decisions, that's that's their call, and New Zealand will then turn their back on it and go to whatever else they, they go to. I don't think this is a deal that's going to run things into the ground. I think some of the same concerns in the long term and what will happen still exist, but at the same time, um, what, what are they supposed to do? They've got an asset where they need to um, be able to bring money in. It's been a damn difficult couple of years um, for sport around the world, and I think there would be very few sporting organisations on the planet they would have a deal like that available to them in this current climate and turn their nose up at it. So uh, I'm, I'm comfortable. I think that the fight back from the players and the public in general uh, last year would probably help um, New Zealand rugby in the long term as far as nothing out some of the, uh, the finer points with Silver Lake to make sure they don't get any PR disasters coming out of this because it was all forewarned for both parties and Silver Lake had every opportunity to walk away. So I doubt they, was, they were making sinister plans to screw everybody over after making uh, all those concessions. So I'm, I'm comfortable. I think it's important for the game um, and certainly uh, as the rules stand about picking people within this country, we need to keep talent here for the All Blacks to uh, go well because it is still New Zealand's favourite pastime watching the All Blacks play. Thanks for that, uh, James Regan. So where, for you, should uh, the bulk of the money be? Should it go at the top end? Should it go on, as Sam said, keeping those big boys at home? Or do we uh, have to just uh, take note of those people down the bottom that say there are issues down the bottom that need serious attention and money will help that? Yeah, I, I think it definitely starts at the top because that's where that's where the brand is, right? The All Blacks, the Black Ferns, the Seven, they are the kind of showpiece for the New Zealand rugby brand. So they should probably be taken care of first, if, if that sounds maybe wrong, but the money should definitely trickle down and, and that'll be kind of the test mm. for this deal, whether people can filter the money down to, to the local clubs. Speaking to a couple of them yesterday, they were they were thinking this is great as long as what they say is going to happen actually does happen and they get, even if it's just a couple of grand clubs were saying from this deal, that, that can go a long way for them. And they, those clubs still produce our All Blacks. They're the ones that, that bring these guys into the game. They give them a home and they and they nurture them and they nurture the talent that go on to be our All Blacks and our Blackburns. So, yeah, probably it does probably have to start at the very top, making sure that our biggest names stay on these shores, which has been a battle in recent years. But as long as the money gets the provinces and it makes the, the grassroots game stronger, not just not just at club level but at minor 10 level as well, making that game uh, strong as well. So that, that's the key and that'll be the test and that'll be what 
probably held up the steel in the first place, making sure that every everyone gets, mm. gets a piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, uh, James. Uh, look, Super Rugby begins finally this weekend. All the speculation, uh, the COVID, the relocation, the bubbles, etc. Are you uh, are you up for it? Uh, have you uh, had enough of waiting? Yeah, enough of waiting. It'll be interesting to see what it looks like and how it goes, bearing in mind where it is and, and what the players have had to kind of do to get down there. Uh, definitely ready for it. I'm I'm hoping that obviously Moana Pacifica can can sort themselves out and recover from that COVID bout. I think there was definitely a lot of nerves that uh, there would be a few more cases there, but that seems to be okay. But yeah, let, let's just get the rugby going. I think we're all ready for it. There's been a lot of COVID chat. There's probably a bit of COVID fatigue amongst the rugby community. So let's just get into it. And the, the night games and the games under the roof in Dunedin will be great. There'll be It'll be great rugby, hopefully, especially early on um, in the season when it's a bit drier. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and say, look, I'm a I'm a Chiefs man, but I think the Blues will be the team to beat this year. I think the talent that they've got once they get going, Leon McDonald's a great coach and he'll he'll get them going. So yeah, my early view will be the Blues will be the team to beat. Uh, Sam, I, I want to take uh, talk to you about a, a league matter, but it's not an on the field one; it's an off the field one. And uh, one of the headlines uh, this morning, because it's a pretty quiet time as we get forward, uh, look forward to the start of uh, yet another great NRL season, uh, is about commentary. Uh, it's about Isaac Luke taking uh, fire at uh, Brandy Alexander over his pronunciation of uh, Tadeo uh, and not showing the right respect in the Indigenous game. <laughs> what did you make of uh, Isaac coming out there? Uh, well, first of all, um, it's you, know, you, you can tell that it's a, uh, a quiet week in rugby league when um, the controversy is the uh, the undertones of racism, which is, which can be uh, sitting in any element of Australia at any given time um, that you want to. But I, I'm, I applaud Isaac Luke for calling it out because I think any of us who um, sit there and have listened to the uh, the, the names, you know, I think of Warriors players in particular, uh, get um, get butchered over the years, and we as a culture in New Zealand have been guilty of. Um, of taking it on for you know the Clinton Tupi instead of Clinton Torpy, um, the Manu Vatuve and Vatuvais. You know, it's, it's, it's all we we allowed the Australian commentary to dictate how we use that language, and it's changed uh, a lot in the uh, the last ten years or so. Uh, but Australia as a country are very slow to pick that up. I think that it was the right call to make, and it's so easy for Fox. I think this criticism should hopefully land home. By the way, Brandy Alexander is uh, whether you like this commentary or not, and and, uh, and what he has, has achieved in the game, you will not find me. Um, belittling any of his achievements in that way, he would have to put his hand up and say that he um, is a uh, inco- completely incapable of saying any Pacific uh, Island or Maori names. It's just, it's just who he is. It's going to take an awful long, lot of training to get through to, uh, to Brandy on that one. Um, but uh, I, I think that next time it'd be pretty easy. They've got Benji Marshall as part of the on the payroll um, at uh, at Fox. They've been using him as a uh, analyst for uh, a fair while. You can just throw Benji Marshall in that commentary mix and have him come in and speak of the culture and use the correct names uh, and pronunciation as you go through. Same thing with uh, with Indigenous. They're, they're prolific, the Aussies, and particularly um, the, the league commentators for just having um, complete air swings at, uh, at names and place names and locations. So uh, hopefully it's a little bit of a wake-up call, but uh, let's not expect a, a reinvention of the wheel anytime soon. Sam Ackerman uh, and James Regan, thanks so much for your time this morning. Absolutely brilliant, uh, those thoughts, particularly 
um, across the board and really uh, we'll have another panel on Monday morning uh, and a bit of a review of the weekend maybe the Black Caps will have uh, wrapped it up by then but I think South Africa will fight back a little bit.